Good evening, everybody. You're listening to the Wesley Strong podcast. I am your host, Wesley Strong. Uh, this is the season two premiere. It's good to be back. It's been a few months since we last spoke. I've missed you all greatly. Uh, just before we go on with the show, today we've got a wonderful guest, by the way, uh, Redfield. But yeah, before we go on, what I mentioned, we got some t-shirts for sale too, Wesley Strong t-shirts. You got the Crooked Teeth logo t-shirt in black and the fun um, sneaker logo in uh, white. Uh, they're available on Bandcamp if you just Google Wesley Strong Bandcamp. There he is, and you can pick them up. Uh, international shipping, so all over the world. Anyway, had to kick things off big this week. It's been back after a long summer and half a cold winter. We have Redfield, aka Neil Barrett, in the studio. And we had, we had a really good chat with him about what he's been up to over the last year, um, about Cascada, funnily enough, and about our favourite emo lyrics. So let's uh, let's welcome uh, Redfield. Let's see what we had to talk about. I'm, I'm going to jump straight in with what you were literally just talking about. Okay. Um, it kind of goes with what I think we're going to talk about and what I'm <laughs> going to bring in. So, <laughs> Wicked. You just watched. What did you watch? I watched uh, Vice's documentary on Papa Roach's Last Resort release. And it's fascinating. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Massively. So I, I was always into like that kind of thing. And you know when you said like to come to this today thinking about what got me through like the songs that got me through 2020 yeah. I found it very difficult to bring anything new into That's... to the table yeah, yeah. and what I realised was I was just going on this mad nostalgia trip and I know that a lot of people a lot of electronic producers have done the same thing yeah. like uh, my flatmate he's a producer as well and he's just been listening to he, was, he always was and always is a massive Folds fan so I know he was listening to that I was listening to uh, when looking through the most played albums this year I realised from probably the lack of there being a live scene a lot of live albums like right. I've been smashing um, Metallica's S&M Symphony of Metallica When's, when was that and what was that oh my the... god that was like must have been late 90s early noughties, early noughties is that with an orchestra yeah it's, it's a San Francisco symphony oh, right. and it just takes already pretty epic Metallica tracks just to an unreal level <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculously epic and I was driving in my car the other day and just like wasn't too sure what to listen to and I put that on for the umpteenth time and I just oh it's it good, just, yeah? It's just amazing highly I, worth watching watching and listening to yeah I do I've never um I've never, I literally never even heard of that. No, um, I've listened to a fair few Metallica records, um, but uh, I imagine Lars Ulrich with a uh, orchestra is just painful. No, isn't he <laughs> supposed to be like the worst timing drummer in the world? Uh, I, I think like the conductor was really just up, up like glued <laughs> to his sticks, just watching his sticks, <laughs> just like okay, we'll, we'll we'll go with follow Lars rather than everyone follow me. Yeah, but you you couldn't notice it. either that or they did some really amazing uh, synchronizing in post. But <laughs> I, to put, like sync an orchestra must be very tricky to do. But oh, uh, yeah. yes, um, dude, I watched. Um, there's a documentary about how they made Lemiz, mm. and because when they recorded Lemiz. They let the actors, they didn't give the actors um, like a tempo, a metronome or a backing track or anything. They let the actors do it as kind of dialogue. And there was a person on a piano trying to keep up with them the whole time. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And um, so they did the same for this Cats film that came out. And basically they're on this documentary. I still haven't seen that. I've, I've seen clips of it now and it's... Really, yeah, that's what I've heard. It's really bad. <laughs> and the music from it, uh, the, the thing I was watching was, a, I watched another video about the music from it and the, the guy just pulls it apart. But um, anyway, so this lame is, they, the, the like, I guess he's the audio engineer for the project, like whatever that mm. he's doing, the producer. Um, he is talking about how many ho hoops and holes and stuff he's had to jump through to get this orchestra to fucking keep up with whatever Hugh Jackman has done really? in this thing. And he's talking about it, and it sounds like the worst thing ever. If uh, me as an audio engineer is listening to this thinking, 
God, this guy has been through the ringer. Mm. And then the director is talking about exactly the same thing. Like, it's this amazing triumph. He's like, oh, yeah, my audio producer is amazing. Like, we can do it this way because he can do this. And this dude's just going mental. Like, <laughs> this dude is slowly just going insane. I was like, and he's so proud. This other guy's so proud of it. And it's like, it's like they didn't talk to each other at the end of it. It's Dude, like, mate, that was a shit show. Yeah, literally. And he's like, and he just doesn't understand like what he's done. I would not put that in the documentary no. because it was embarrassing. Yeah, like, yeah, it's super contradictory. That's like the thing though, isn't it? Sometimes we have people who don't really understand audio and sound, how complicated it can be. It's like, oh, just make a piece of music, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think the similar thing, didn't that happen with uh, Blues Brothers 1 when they were trying to do the Aretha Franklin scene? Because she's such a virtuoso and constantly improvises and changes yeah. the way, like, to do takes was impossible <laughs> because of the way she recorded it in the studio. She never would sing the same way twice. Right. So yeah. syncing to it, there was always a lot of you know, like mouths <laughs> moving, but no audio kind of thing. Just doing invisible runs. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, and it was like that. And you can you can hear it in Les Mis and um, Cats. It's like because it's not got a tempo or, or like a, an agreed tempo. It's got this like sludgy quality to it, where really? it kind of what morphs. And some of the biggest, most epic notes have no power behind them because like the way that the actors develop the 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 like the lines with their I don't know. It's weird. It's mm. proper weird. Really, I've seen it once. I haven't. I need to maybe watch it yeah. again. It's good. And like, dude, the performances are sick. Like Hugh Jackman mm. does a really good job, mm. and um, Anne Hathaway does a really oh, good yeah. job. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's, it's an odd thing to do. Um, I have no idea why that came up, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, tangents. Tangents. It's all about tangents. Dude, my old podcast, the first season was really like interviewee. Yeah, and it was really like a radio show, and I was like. I don't want to do that this time. Sure. I just literally just want to fucking talk. I've written down like four notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. That's all I need, mate. Um, but yeah, it's talking about, uh, what's the story with the last resort then? What was so interesting about that? I, uh, you know, it was one of those things that I wasn't even watching. I think I was probably watching some kind of like stand up sketch. And then the Facebook decided to scroll to the oh, next yeah. thing. Literally not to go off on a tangent where we just have it happened to me last night. Uh, I was watching uh, like a comedy sketch and the next thing was um, oh uh, the 2015 freeweight championship CrossFit CrossFit <laughs> championships right this thing was 54 minutes long I watched the whole thing and I, I was like I was just watching this this three minute comedy sketch I was like oh I wonder if this guy from Sweden's going to win it in the end but anyway um, yeah I don't know I love that kind of the backstories and the origins and things like I watched the Metallica one, I think obviously everyone's seen like Straight Out of Compton and yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Mile and this was kind of like that, but oh, a real it? a real story. It was them interview Papa Roach was interviewed and stuff right, like that. Right, and yeah, it was yeah. it was because of Last Resort was and is technically their biggest song. I know they've got like, you know, Blood Brothers, which is a big tune and yeah. Dead Cell and stuff, which are quality. Um that was the song that literally smashed them. And like they like was, everyone knows that. Yeah, song. exactly. Like even if you don't like um pop punk or emo rock or whatever you want to call it, like Remember. everyone knows that track. And um uh it's just like the history of Papa Roach and it was a story about uh, how it became such a mainstream song and it was about suicide. Yeah. And it wasn't about his suicide, it was about his friend's suicide and he didn't he didn't commit suicide he was contemplating suicide yeah. and then uh it's just interesting how it went on to tell that his grand uh what's his name kobe the the singer maybe no cody idea. kobe maybe he looks like a cody yeah or a kobe. i think so yeah um uh, he then resorted like almost to that extent to himself later on in life because yeah. of alcohol and drug abuse and stuff and his grandpa actually did commit suicide so really? it was just a really interesting story it was quite deep for like you know casual watching but yeah. it was very interesting to hear, see how this song changed meanings for the people in the band over time right. and changed ch literally changed their lives and I think Warner were going to sign them they gave them a demo deal and they passed on it once um, once they completed the demo and then DreamWorks just snapped them up straight away and that really? was that's they that's the history of them really. yeah it's well just, yeah about those those lyrics man like I, I I never really paid that much attention to them and it's, I was actually doing some karaoke the other night and we did that song oh yeah and I was like these are brutal really man indeed, they are yeah, yeah. and like just like um 
very uh, explicitly about killing yourself. And yeah. like, there's no like beating around the bush. And that's what they were saying. Like they were had serious issues when it went to mainstream radio it was because it wasn't even the swearing was cut yeah. out. It was uh, like, don't give up if I might. But yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. every other word. And then like they quite accurately said, if you think about the stuff that's being talked about in rap and stuff like that today, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I talk about uh, mental health and suicide a bit in my music and I still, I feel very funny about it. Um, like I don't want to write songs that people will listen to and be inspired. Mm. Like, I'm not trying to gl- glamorize these things, no. but I am theatricalizing them, if you know what I mean. I don't yeah. want people to listen to my songs and just be sad. I want them to be entertained as well. Mm-hmm. So I might be, I don't know, um, not gl- I don't know. I don't want to glamorize it, but I still want to be able to write about it in a good, like a nice way, if you know mm. what I mean. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, reading those old lyrics and being like, well, this got, they got away with that. It was a long time ago, though. Mm. I don't, I don't think like my 14, 13 year old self ever even can, I'm not, I'm not really into lyrics. I'm much more melodic. Me too. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, um, I was a, the lyricist in my band back in the day. I was, I was the singer and I wrote all the lyrics and even then they didn't really mean overly too much. They did mean a, a level, but it was more always about the melodies yeah, and yeah, yeah. the vibe of the track. Yeah. And I think that still rings true today and especially in house music that I'm making. Like it is all about melody and Definitely. Like, I saw I watched one of your lyric videos the other day. Oh really? Which just, one was that? Uh I'm guessing it's um vibrating. <laughs> Do you know I had like to type out lyrics. how many times vibrating was said? It's like down it in vibrating, vibrating, vibrating like times thirty-two, no, thirty-three times, and sending that lyric sheet off to, to the to the label was a nightmare. My manager Aaron very kindly was like, "Do you want me to do it for?" He's like, "I wouldn't want to put that you through that, mate." It says vibrating so many times in this track. It's just the worst. It does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really shows. I'm not really about the lyrics, <laughs> but still, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I remember, yeah, when I was in when I was like 14 and I was in band. Some of my lyrics were really meaningful, but mm. a lot of them were just melodies with words that sounded good yeah and like were these cliches that um either fit that kind of emo whatever it was yeah do you um do you remember any of your cringiest lyrics oh um uh, what from the pop band from pop the punk, punk band. band uh cringiest lyrics so for uh, anyone listening, we're talking about uh, Neil's band Exit Avenue. Yeah, wow, well, well, well remembered. May from I, the Hitchin days. From the Hitchin, Hitchin days. Hitchin Club 85, Rhythms <laughs> of the World, yeah. Uh, and this is, uh, I didn't know Neil at all back then, um, but this was a band that I, I do remember seeing like advertised at Club 85 because I'm from roughly the same area. Um, but I was listening the other day and he was like Why? <laughs> I just wanted to I wanted to hear to be honest um, and it's definitely oh dude if I would have heard that at the time I would have been like fuck yeah if I would have seen <laughs> yeah. that live like the whole um, trance mashup oh like, yeah that's, that it's because my- I grew up listening to trance music yeah, like yeah, I yeah. used to it's like all Dave Pierce's trance anthems was like on on Radio 1 and like I got all the compilation CDs and like it was just this weird moment in time where like I was listening to that and then I literally went over to the States to um, see my cousins who live over in California and we were on the way to SeaWorld and literally he showed me three albums it was the Kid Rock album I can't remember which one uh, and Enema of the State and then we were sitting in the back of the car and he put Enema of the State on and um Oh, is it going away to college? The first yeah, track yeah. on the album going bow, na, na, oh, na, dump na, weed. Na, dump weed, yeah. Wait. Oh yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> going away to college is my favourite track, I think, on that That's one. A yeah. Tune. I say that and I can't remember how it goes. But yeah, <laughs> the opening, like the big hits. And I was like, it blew my like twelve year old mind. And so yeah. there was that and trance music. <laughs> Singing, so about car- together. Yeah, singing about castles in the sky and zombie nation <laughs> yeah. it was just really hard it took like 10 years to kind of figure out that that just didn't really work oh, well, I speak for yourself mate <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know dude a new rave if like that was a thing I was super into when I was 12 and that oh, was like, like the klaxons the klaxons was, and all yeah, but they did it in a different way like indie indie way which wasn't was cool it? yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I rewatched some of their live stuff the other day. It was so cool. Yeah, really good. And Block Party, they Block were kind Party. of on a similar dude, tip. 
the fringes in that crowd oh, but was insane, mate. Every single the person. The hairspray in both girls and boys' bathrooms would have been a mist. That was it. It was boys and girls with exactly the same haircut. Yeah, you couldn't tell anyone apart. <laughs> Dude. Uh, but, yeah, so why, why was this, like, trance uh, pop bunk thing so... Uh, prevalent in our area as well because like Enter Shikari, Enter Shikari as well. yeah they did it didn't yeah, they, see I saw Enter Shikari, I think I got my inspiration partly from them yeah and partly from uh, people like Newfound Glory putting a synth in Failure's Not Flattery right and yeah. also Motion City Soundtrack so there was synth related stuff yeah 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 in no. going on already and then uh, the uh, is it Rue Rao from Rao. the singer? He Rao had Reynolds. the uh, the Korg uh, Electribe MX, which then started incorporating beats. Oh, I'm sorry, Panic at the Disco as well. Oh yeah, yeah massively big there. Uh, so that was a big thing. Um, I was already into music technology, and I was studying it at like A level when that kind of was coming around as well, and. We had so much time in the vans or tour buses, knocking around um, backstage. It just kind of felt a good use of time to piss about with synths on a laptop and yeah. like, soft synths. And um, I think then I was just showing the guys in my band some bits and pieces, and they were like, "Shit, this is this is pretty cool. Maybe we could try and do some stuff like this tempo." And we were writing pop punk songs, so they were like 180, 200 BPM. And I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like, does the does the DAWs even go to two hundred? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so obviously everything was basically happy hardcore or yeah. like drum and bass speeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we just kind of threw it in, and it worked really well. It was an absolute nightmare live to get this everything in sync. We've pissed about with so many uh, different techniques. We used Logic to start with, and it was fine, but I had to use. Um, like studio speaker shock 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 absorbers so when it was vibrating it didn't stop because of the oh, shock really? yeah it was logic 7 because it had the dongle yeah. um, and that was oh. really bad and my laptop at the time was it was great but you know still couldn't keep up with stuff and these days you can you know laptops can do everything so it's fine yeah. um yeah like what laptop were you using then it was uh oh, macbook i still had just got rid of it the macbook 2010 yeah and it was still ran up until about six months ago and it was a proper workhorse it did it's done me proud yeah yeah dude. um i mean that it seems was a nice. it was a nightmare it's the point of we we won this uh, red bull bedroom jam competition which meant that we got to play download festival on the red bull stage and the fucking thing crashed froze on the first hit because of the the vibrations were so epic on Big a stage, stage of that caliber oh damn so it was like that and like oh. I had all of these like massive soundscape of synths prepared and all oh. it was like bass drums and two guitars and two guys like oh shit no. <laughs> the did magic has died <laughs> yeah did you sort it out uh we just started again <laughs> uh we then Smooth. switched over to ableton and that thing was a dream and i now just produce an ableton only so i know after that it never froze never stopped because yeah. i think that's really what ableton was originally quote me from wrong but um, yeah i think that was what it was kind of designed for like yeah, it was like live, live, Ableton yeah. Live, isn't it? And also with Logic, if you press play, it would be like, go. Right. Whereas with Ableton, like, bang, bang, and it's off, you know? Yeah, much more like triggered stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that is something I've missed out from using Logic for, for all these years. Like, mm. Except for, we were saying the other day that they're updating it, so it's a lot more like Ableton. Yeah, now. and Ableton's done the same thing. Yeah, just crossing. But, um, yeah, no, I... I I remember we did a, I was in like a hip hop group when I was like 17 mm. and we had a laptop and we would just play the things through Logic and stuff and it, that thing would crash. You know when Logic does its thing where it's like, uh, you've ran out of buffer space yeah. and it just stops. Yeah. And it's just like, why has that done that? Like, well, it told me, ran yeah. out of buffer space. But um, that would happen. We'd have to play the songs three times through before we got on stage just to make sure that that wasn't going to happen. It was just mm. insane. Just not, not the tools for the job, but if you made it work. Yeah. Oh, well, you let, had to let it run three times. Yeah, the oh, whole yeah, way through. Yeah, we had to, used to do something similar. The good old the nightmare days. if you're playing an hour set. Yeah, dude. 
just set it off before you go to lunch. Like, don't worry, guys. It's totally working. <laughs> just on repeat. Oh, yeah. It was shit, dude. And you just couldn't turn the laptop off after no, that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, yeah. Did you think of any lyrics? Oh, um... Well, we used to, we had this uh, song called Sweet 16, which in itself is cringy, I suppose. Um, that was like our, our biggest hit, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was like, there was this thing uh, in Hitchin, everyone used to hang out on Hitchin Hill, uh, which was like the big congregation before. This was, I can tell what kind of time of year, like what year it was, because it was just before Facebook, because everyone was hanging out on the hill. And then MySpace came around and people slowly started spending more time at home on yeah, computers. Yeah, yeah. And Facebook came, no one left the house <laughs> at all. Um, Facebook ruined the hill. So I wrote, I, I wrote this lyric, um, uh, uh, just something about Jack and Jill went way up the hill. Uh, God, I can't remember. It was, it was something really kind of, it was like a sour take on a nursery rhyme. I can't, <laughs> can't for the life of me remember now. Um, did people know what you were talking about? In yeah, Hitchin? some people. Some people pointed out. I never really. We we never gave interviews. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very awful at talking to. I still am talking to people I don't know. <laughs> so um, whenever people kind of approach me at the end of gigs or like stuff like that, well, I mean, obviously we weren't big. We weren't like flooded by fans. So we we were chatting to people every so often, and they would ask me, especially when we did like Club Eighty Five, was hit, was the hill to do with. Hitching Hill, like yeah, yeah. it's a good spot. Um, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I try to keep away from cringy because of I even still to this day hate really cringy lyrics. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's oh, who who likes them? I reckon I reckon some people like them. Mm. I pulled up a uh, some emo lyrics from times gone by. Oh really? Uh, this is uh, bustles. What is this? I thought you were going to say busted because that busted. would be a prime example of cheesy lyrics. <laughs> yeah, well, that was uh, they were for kids, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when busted happened? Did you hate it or did you like it? I thought it was interesting because it then turned. So all the younger, ge- I, I must have been about. I'm going to say like 2003. I think was I busted. must have been 18 because I'm pretty sure. The guys from Busted were very similar age to me. Oh, right. Maybe 18, maybe... Oh, no. Yeah, okay. 17, 18. Yeah, similar age to me. Because um, I remember... I, I knew a few people who were auditioning to be in... I think it was McFly... No, Son of Dork. Oh, yeah. Because of... Yeah, because yeah. the guy was going to... James. James wanted to have that Son of Dork thing. Mm. And I knew a few people who were auditioning for that because a few of my mates were at Guildford. Oh, Guildford, right. ACM in Guildford so they were doing that I liked Son of Dork I think uh, they were like uh, I'd just gotten into that scene as well oh right I'd just grown out of McFly right you see that's how I felt about Busted was that it introduced mainstream people to this music yeah 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 and once they got bored of being living in a world underwater and falling in love with the teachers there were people singing basically about the same thing apart from year 3000 but in a better way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it was a bit heavier yeah that, that it's like was like fight star what charlie did i thought that yeah. was interesting that was i thought that music was pretty good i thought fight star was decent dude yeah. Uh, yeah i'm sure like if i listen back to that now i'd be pretty impressed so, mm. i remember hearing that and being like well this dude's fucking mm, yeah. i mean at the time i don't know because i was a kid I just assumed, like, if you did busted songs, that's all you could do. Yeah. So when I heard him doing, like, heavier stuff, I was like, oh, my God, mm. this guy's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What's the lyrics? What's the... Right. Uh, we got uh, Taking Back Sunday. Oh, yeah. This yeah. one's a good one, though. This isn't too cringe. It's, they're all pretty cringe, but this one's quite good. The truth is, you could slip my fruit. Oh, you could slip my throat. <laughs> and slip, with, my slip my fruit. <laughs> the truth is, you could slip my throat, and with my one last gasp in breath, I'd apologise for bleeding on your shirt. Whoa. <laughs> That's so sad, Deep. isn't it? <laughs> you know, I know a few people right now who like still listen to and live by these kind of music and lyrics, and they'd still swear by that. So yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's, like, there's like a scene. I think it's almost dwindled to completion now, but 
uh, like the uh, the rock scene it was like face down I used to go to oh no, yeah like, dude it, I... it was so it was a great place it was and it is now a proper nostalgia it's called like a, a throwback night but um, yeah, <laughs> they just haven't changed nothing's, nothing's changed about it. and just, that, that's the beauty of they it they went though. out of fashion so they just changed the name <laughs> but yeah, everyone still goes there and it's like you you go there knowing that the music you're not going to be let down by oh, because yeah. it's all the bangers yeah, of yeah, like yeah. that whole scene but yeah. it's just yeah I, I, I noticed when I I stood I don't know where I stopped going for these nights to these nights for a few years and then I went back to a couple and I noticed suddenly there was all like half naked e-girls everywhere as oh, well yeah. like on the suicide stages. girls yeah and, and I'd that. like that it wasn't like that when I was younger yeah. they, that, that was an upgrade I suppose they I they know. needed to bring more people in yes <laughs> I kind of lost interest when I, I I love and also hate it because of I've got a huge soft spot for it because of uh, my a good friend invited me to when they started doing the weekly face downs yeah. uh, called Anthem back at a club called Punk before it got turned into like a, the basement of Zara now on Oxford <laughs> Street. And that was the first place I actually learned how to DJ with CDJs and oh, really? properly out loud. And because we, they had like the pop punk, it was like five hours long from like, oh no, what was it? 10 till, 10 till 3 a.m. I think it was. And me and my friend Fergus. Um, we had the two last slot, two till three. And that was the only time of the night when it wasn't pop punk. Right. And so they let us play. We played a lot of club like, bangers, like uh, Crooker's remix of... Um, Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi. Yeah. Um, all that kind of bassy, heavier kind of house music. And yeah. they, they loved it. And we still got requests for like, you got to play more pop punk. It's like, you've had four hours. <laughs> There's no more pop punk left. And so that was where I learned to play... And I used to do the after parties of um, FaceTime. So I, I still, like like I said, I listen to like pop punk and rock and stuff during all of lockdown. So as much as I knock it saying it's in the past, like yeah. it has actually helped me get through it. And it also was a place where I, I learned how to DJ. So I'm always yeah. going to have a lot of love for like the FaceTime and uh, the, the Anthem Cruise and stuff like that. No, of course, mate. And all my friends still go there as well. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's back, I might have to go to one. Oh, we keep saying. We, we've well, talked that, about it, it all year now. Yeah. Um, the uh, it's funny you mentioned the Crookers remix of Kid Cudi because we were at that point hanging out at the skate park and no music other than rock the metal and e emo music could get through yeah. like you wouldn't except we all knew that song for some reason really? yeah I don't know why I wonder what, but I don't know whether that was a kind of a, across the country it affected those groups like that or really? it was just us that picked up on that song it's interesting I, I listened to um one of the Will Clark interviews on um, Spotify and the one with Mr. Jam was fascinating because he was the one who kind of, in brackets, discovered that tune, I think. Really? Yeah, he tells a story about how, um, it was A-Skills or was it A-Skills or A-Track? Who's got the record label? Uh, I think it's A-Track. A-Track, yeah, sorry. Um, so he, I think he put it out as a free download on like his website and right. Mr. Jam was just stumbling across it, played it and randomly played it on a Radio 1. The Crookers mix. Yeah, the Crookers remix, which was like... Yeah, Interesting. It wasn't, and then it was like played on every... He played it every show because he was like, this is a banger, everyone needs to hear it and yeah, slowly yeah. but surely it snowballed and it's just like this huge ah. track, which, because it is a bit gritty and another thing that crossed over to the rock scene was obviously when the Americans got into dubstep. Yeah. And then you got the breakdowns which were very similar to drops in yeah, dubstep yeah, yeah. tunes. So like Well it's like Skrillex was in whatever band he was in last. from first to yeah. last before. And yeah, and he just straight switched to that, didn't he? Yeah. Were you uh were you making electronic music other than the stuff you were doing in the band at that time? Uh yeah, it was weird. <laughs> It was weird, kind of all tempos, like a lot of 140 to try to make my own trance music and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Um, which was then interesting to switch over to when I started making dubstep um, many, many moons ago. But I was starting to make like break beats because 140 and breaks kind of went in hand in hand. Yeah. And then, because I was, I was a bit like, no dubstep, no, I'm going <laughs> to do something different. And then eventually caved and made, started making dubstep tunes. Um, but yeah, I, was, I started out with um, a project called Dexcar. Um, and that was all dubstep, heavy electro, um, some would, progressive house kind of stuff. Very, e like for want of a better term, now it's create EDM. EDM, so and, it's like your Skrillex version. Yeah, of. I'd say more, if you listen to like the Spitfire EP by Porter Robinson, I'd oh, say that's yeah, a yeah, very yeah. good 
example of what it was kind of sounding like yeah i like, I like that sound at that time it I'm was sure amazing I like it yeah. Now, yeah it's a little intense now to listen to <laughs> i'll tell you one album that really has stood the test of time from that era though and I, again i was listening to that recently was uh, nero's uh, welcome to reality okay or infinity i can never get it is right. that the one with like me and you on it yeah yeah, yeah. innocence That's... me and you promises it yeah, is yeah, yeah. just wall-to-wall incredible soundtrack dude yeah yeah those tunes that was like when i, I was djing when those songs came out um and those you could mix like flux they were all 140 mm. you go flux pavilion magnetic man yeah. into um like that's dj it. fresh sweet shop yeah and all this shit and you just said one after cannon. the other and people just loved it yeah it's great <laughs> like, it went off you didn't man. even have to change the the tempo faders no. everything is at 140 or 70 yeah bam 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 oh, so you didn't good. need headphones no. press go at the right point <laughs> i don't think i've ever dj'd with headphones that's, mm. the, that's what we were doing though back then we were just doing like um every, all the school parties and stuff amazing yeah uh i ask everyone or i was asking everyone last season uh so the first time you ever sat down with a daw what came out oh like for your own project i don't know care. don't care about what you're doing at school and stuff i don't know it would have been some weird kind of Oh, well, right. Um, I don't even know if this is technically a, a DAW because I first started when there was this thing called Top of the Pops Mix Factory. Ooh. And it was basically, it was all loop-based and you made songs of, like, you had this fixed amount of loops and right. you just kind of, like, popped them. And, and so it was all, like, it was all very, it was all housey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have been about 10. yeah. I feel like, I feel like they were doing that on like CD ROMs in cereal boxes. Yeah, at literally one point. All eight, like um, Fruity Loops from cereals, isn't it? That's Is a, it? That's a I mean, that makes sense. I think that's where it came from. It was like a free software that you could get because now it's called FL Studio. Yeah, it's not Fruity Loops. No, it's a, FL. It's FL. Do you, have um, you ever used Fruity Loops like properly? I I didn't because of I no I did start on PC. I did start so I went this top of the pops mix factory thing to Cubase. That's why I started. And then when I really got into it, I got a Mac and got Logic 7. Yeah. And um, did flip back. I did all my um, A-level stuff. So I studied A-level music and I did a, have a degree in it as well. But I did all of my A-level stuff in Cubase. Right. And all of everything else, all my uni stuff in uh, Logic. Um I can't really remember, you know. It's been so long. I, I, I'm sure it's was some kind of high energy trance kind yeah. of stuff because of our so bunch of young. presets. I was like, oh my god, yeah, it's got, it's got to be loud really quick and just like distorted, which is very similar to what I'm producing now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it must have been something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think. What about you? Uh, mine uh, would have been. I was doing like I was. I was super into Beck. Okay. Um, and so I was doing a lot of like we had Cubase and we had it, it was in our school and it had like a huge sample pack for some reason and the samples were all like this like old style guitar and shit like um, cowboy guitar and okay. it was so like, <laughs> like steel guitar like steel guitars and stuff uh, and it sounded so Beck and I don't know whether it was just like I found them because I was listening to Beck or like it just happened at the same time so it was all like um, sample based hip hop mm. which is kind of cool I reckon if I listened to it now it, w- it would be so bad like oh yeah uh, my I, stuff is like everyone's first stuff yeah, is the yeah, worst yeah I think like, any person who isn't like that is from like Soldier Boy where he made like <laughs> crank that in like five minutes on <laughs> something it was all presets <laughs> was it? I don't yeah, know I think, I think it was something I think that I think I read somewhere that uh, crank that was just made with like the basic like marimba steel drum setting yeah, 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 and yeah. it was like done in five minutes on Oh, I, I don't know if it's Cubase or something and it was in, like another documentary I was reading that the reason why dubstep and like old garage was all like 140 was because of that was the tempo that Logic loaded up at oh really or something, something loaded maybe something f- but that's and that, again it, I think it would be maybe Fruity Loops because of I think they wrote Crank that on Fruity Loops I imagine Crank and that was a Fruity and that's 140 loop. as well yeah 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 so <laughs> that's um Oh god, that guy! That guy is doing some Soldier strange Boy. things. Is he still going? Is he still doing? Stuff? He doesn't do music. He released a um, games console last year, really, and it was just one of these like Chinese knockoff ones that has a bunch of Nintendo licenses and stuff like 
crammed into Amazing. it and he just put like um his branding on it and stuff and just sold them oh um my screen's broken on my phone so i'm gonna have to wait for this alarm to play out and then turn it down is that your alarm <laughs> that's my alarm that's a very relaxing alarm it's nice man it's in case i'm still asleep at five <laughs> five, <laughs> five in the afternoon <laughs> 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 Oh, if I'm having a bad day, dude, it's just in case. <laughs> what are you gonna What are you gonna get up for for five in the afternoon? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm gonna get ready for my nap now. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think I, I think I managed to turn it off, dude. I've managed to uh, so that my phone broke two days ago. I managed to live pretty well with it. I've got WhatsApp on my laptop. I've got my headphones. You can I press play on my headphones. Mm. Spotify starts playing, and then I control what I want to listen to on my laptop. Nice, and then I can leave the house. Done. I'm all good. Sorted. And no one can text me. It's fucking amazing. That's awesome. Just as long as you pre-plan, like, or you don't drunkenly queue up a whole load of tracks <laughs> the night before. I only, I only really recently, within the last couple of years, learned about the queuing function. I'd be like, I'd be. Well, I used to work as a bar back on on the bar in a uh, in a pub. Oh my god. And we used to do like lock-ins afterwards, and people used to queue up the most outrageous <laughs> modern hip-hop that I would never normally list like you know like some like proper like dirty UK hip-hop that I would yeah, never yeah, have yeah. any idea of yeah. and I'd be jamming out to some like house music and then the next song would be some and stuff like that <laughs> and you I'm just like, couldn't get rid of it what the fuck does this keep coming from <laughs> oh man I thought you were going to say that you used to work in a um, bar and you'd just have to pick songs all night because you didn't know how to queue up a playlist <laughs> that's how I then became the DJ of the bar <laughs> <laughs> no, you're always behind the bloody iPhone anyway. <laughs> Pouring a pint, song's about to end. You're like, but be right One back. One finish this. <laughs> you guys all want Guinnesses, right? I'll just set them up for you. <laughs> what do you want to listen to? Yeah. <laughs> One at a time, boys. My friend Martin, he uh, used to be the, the, the manager of the B at One in oh, yeah. Shoreditch. And he... He loved it whenever I came in because I'm always like super critical about DJing and stuff. And he set the fucking place up like a club. Like, they have like, you know, they have vibes there and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, But he had like this this new system software designed for DJing. And he was like, he just let all of his stuff on and then he'd be like just jamming out behind us, <laughs> texting, having the time of his life. And it went off. It yeah. actually went off. People were like dancing on the table and stuff. It was unbelievable. Oh, mate. Yeah. Yeah, be at one. What was he playing? Oh, just, you know, cheese. Cheese. <laughs> soldier <Yeah>. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Soldier Boy. God damn. So we were talking about stuff that got you through 2020. Mm. You had a... What, what, how would you rate your 2020? It was ups and downs, no? I'd say lockdown was interesting. The first month was a bit of... I don't know what the word is. Um, denial. It's like, <laughs> this isn't going to be lasting long. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, this yeah. is going to be done. I'll, I'm just going to chill out. You yeah, know, yeah. I've been playing. I've been writing all the time. I'm just going to relax and not do anything. So that was month one. And then <laughs> month two is like, okay, this isn't going away yeah. anytime soon. Um, which kind of bummed me out a lot. And I know a lot of people, producers and musicians, probably such as yourself, who were just like... I've got no inspiration to write. So yeah. I, I, I tried and failed writing. Um, so what I did was I started watching loads of like tutorials and music production techniques and stuff like that. And yeah. that was quite fun to get um, inspired in new ways of looking at things, new way of doing things. And a lot of it wasn't like house. It was like rock ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, like the Chris Lake mixing tutorials and stuff like that. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think I wrote uh, vibrating during lockdown yeah that, that was all that wasn't conceived before that was in all done at home well that's um, mate considering as you said I, I was the same and I had all this time and no uh, inspiration hmm. uh, it's good that you managed to get your single out of it and stuff yeah we house producers and DJs and stuff like that like we're making house music for a situation and environment that doesn't exist at the moment yeah so it's completely pointless on making i heard um eli brown's killer is exactly that it is an absolute killer of a track and i cannot wait for clubs to be open <laughs> to be able to hear that properly did that it come is, out this it's, year it's then? lost it's a complete it's released on a completely lost medium yeah um which is such a shame it's such an incredible track i remember hearing it in, a, in an in an uber car <laughs> and i was like 
fuck, this is mad. This is so good. Um, yeah, it's just at the moment, it's really difficult to kind of make house music that isn't just going to be heard on someone's iPhone yeah. from a live stream or a yeah. podcast. And I think vibrating did really, did well. Um, but it's just, there's no club mail outs to get to DJs because there's no clubs. Yeah. Which I'm sure everyone's finding. Um, I started um, getting more, I think a positive from the first lockdown and, and which has continued is I've been more on it with social media. I was always yeah. very slack on that. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't very good at engaging with people on <clears throat> on socials. And uh, so I started doing uh, a weekly live stream called Hump Day House every Wednesday. And was that, a, that was from lockdown? That's from lockdown, yeah. Because yeah. I've, it was, I was getting, I've, so I'm fortunate enough to be, get sent like mail outs of new releases via this thing called In Flight. And there was just so much good music coming out. And I was just like, this is, it, like like the Eli Brown for this is wasted. Like no one's hearing this, so I thought as I'm not DJing and I've still yet to ever do an actual Redfield show. I've never played in front of people as Redfield. Oh well, actually no, technically I have done one gig and that was in a tiny. Uh, it was oh what was it called something over in East London and uh, oh I can't remember. It was on Queensland <laughs> Road. Me and Scott, my flatmate, put it put it together and that was like to like. 20 people but that was the only show I've ever done as Redfield and that was before even Don't Worry was released it was in yeah. the, the 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 instant of Redfield being created I was like oh I'll be Redfield <laughs> um, uh, what, what would you expect uh, like when when you are able to play another show after when sitting down has gone away when it's just full back to normal shows mm. what kind of shows are you wanting to play what are you looking to do well we had we were super fortunate well, when, if the gigs had gone ahead, we had, I had, sorry, um, I had Tomorrowland locked in, uh, I had Creamfields locked in, oh, man. Um, I had this um, show in like, I think it was like Frankfurt's World Cup Arena or something like that, it was like a, supposed to be like a 50,000 cap, <laughs> and so it was gonna, it, I was, I've, I've never done anything like that in my life. Yeah, I did, yeah. uh, under the Leon Lauer project, so I was really fortunate that uh, Proximity took me over to um, EDC in Vegas, and that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, but this was going to be like the first, this this was like, it was uh, Axe Tone kind of taking me under their wing and be like, thank you so much for releasing with, uh, with Axe World on... Um, uh, on Axtone uh, we'd love for you to come and be a part of like the family and yeah. come and play uh, Tomorrowland at Creamfields on our it was going to be like a silent disco stage I think oh. at Creamfields and I was just like oh guys like yes like <laughs> I'll open I'd like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll be on the I'll be on the bar if you need me you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were they were like Ed and Simon over at Axtone are good friends of mine and they just they were just super supportive of of that, of uh, Don't Worry, and also The Way, which I released on Axtone. And much love to those guys. Um, they're just like, yeah, come come and play for us. Yeah. Over you, there. Hopefully, um, that'll still be available next oh, year. Oh, God, yeah. Because all of this, all, all of the talks on all festivals, like, oh, it's just uh, postponed till next year. And in my head, like, how does it really work? Because there's, there's new music <laughs> and there's new artists. And was, uh, I'd, I'd still love to go. I would be honoured to go and play for those guys yeah 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 but, Yeah, that's the thing I imagine um, the next festivals we all go to see are just going to be bands we all like two years ago yeah <laughs> just stuff I've not listened to yeah in. exactly <laughs> be interesting oh, dude I, I have missed festivals I'm desperate to go to a festival I know I, I, I never I don't like getting stinky in the campsite and stuff but still no <laughs> this yeah. is, um, oh, I need it man just like four days of music, live music, just in my face. Yeah, I wonder how quickly festivals would sell out the oh. second they're announced. Like, like, dude. Well, the thing is, like, download never sells out, mm. um, and that's just like an accepted thing with download. <coughs> yeah, I reckon that surely next oh, time yeah. download it will sell out. Uh, yeah, uh, if not in a couple of days. So for for once, I'm actually gonna have to worry about getting a yeah. download ticket. Yeah, um, but I definitely want to go. That's I miss that. Mm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it'd be. I'd I'd love to come see a Redfield show. Yeah, you were at the um, the only time I've actually played loud was um, at the brewery when I did the signature. Yeah, brewery thing. yeah. That was the that was the first time I've ever heard anything 
Yeah, that's the first time I've heard any of my stuff like properly loud. Through like, a sound system and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because of the pictures released with Higher Ground, I'm pretty sure that came out in January last year. Yeah. And we were setting up gigs throughout summer and didn't hear anything, you know, it was never put through a sound system yeah, 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 yeah. at any of the venues I was playing in London. But. Did um, How did that uh, signature brew thing come about? Um, so John Longbottom, he's a good friend of mine. He used to be my flatmate back when, like 10 years ago, when we lived on, on Kingsland Road in East London, uh, Central East London, in Shoreditch. <laughs> um, and uh, I actually met up with him uh, at like a reunion with uh, my other flat, old flatmate Rory um, in another brewery down in South London, in Peckham. And we were just chatting away about what we were up to, stuff like that. And he'd said how... He had people over at his brewery, uh, which was Signature. I knew Signature Brewery because they'd done like they'd done stuff when I was working the pubs. They did like what's it called, Rookie, which is like one of their lagers, and um, Roadie. Sorry, Roadie, not Rookie. <laughs> what we're talking about? Um, yeah, and uh, I knew that he was affiliated with them. Yeah, and he was like, oh yeah, we had um, we had uh, someone come down who was drum and bass and did like an EP launch. Uh, the other day and it went off and it was wicked but we had to have everyone seated because this is still during you know this COVID bollocks um, and I was like man I'd fucking love to come down and play um, and he's like yeah come and check out the venue and John is like John is like the scariest relaxed person you'll ever meet he'll just be like yeah I'll be fine just come down and, and, and just crack on he's the polar opposite to me he said, just come down and check it out and we'll get talking and I was like so we took uh, a couple of mates down had a look as it fell in love with the venue instantly and I was like yeah. okay yeah definitely we've, we've got I mean some of my best mates have a rig like this rig 51 it's used in like a lot of like hip hop videos and stuff like that so I've got a rig sound system that we can use with some lights and I was like, why don't we do like a like a, a set here? It wouldn't be a live stream because of, you know, that's a whole load of issues with yeah. like technology and everything for me technolo- technologically wise breaks. So I was like, <laughs> not going to risk that. Um, so we, yeah, he was just like, yeah, sure, come down. Yeah. yeah, we'll give it a go. And again, like just like that, I was like, that's very casual. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah, we just managed to get everything sorted yeah, in about three it did weeks. Happen. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, he was great. He was super, everyone there was just super accommodating, really nice. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Got it all done. And uh, yeah, it was, I'm so happy with how it came out. It looked great as well. Yeah, dude, it did look great. It sounded great. And being there, it was the only like, other than the show that I played, it's the only live music I've seen yeah, since. Same. Same friggin, yeah, and, and, uh, come, it was it's, it's a cool place mm. a really cool place and sick concept yeah yeah when everything goes to normal again that I think the venue inside has like a capacity of 600 yeah and then the outdoor one's like 150 something like that so I would love it's the fact you're in a operating brewery yeah, yeah. and you've got music coming out and it's just yeah, it's yeah, great yeah. And, I, the, and the and the booze there is incredible as well. Yeah, damn good beers. Yeah, good beers. <laughs> good beers and the bars there with all of them. Um, and if you, go, it's on your Facebook, isn't it? Yes. So uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the whole set's there. The whole yeah, set's yeah. on the Facebook. So if you do want to, I mean, check out Redfield, obviously. But if you also want to see what the brewery's like, head over to Signature Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> plug plug. <laughs> John, I'm looking for some commission on there. <laughs> yeah, mate. Oh uh, no. No, it was cool. And uh, as soon as you said, do you want to come see? I was just like, fucking yes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was sick. What was the last show you went to before this all happened? It's like, this is like a year ago now. <laughs> the reason why I laughed so heavily because I know exactly what it was. <laughs> um, so I was, I uh, hopefully will be, if, or if I, depending on what's going on, uh, I was the resident DJ for the Clapham Grand. And um, they uh, they didn't have anyone supporting Cascada, <laughs> so I was like, "Have you got anyone warming up or closing for Cascada?" And my mate Ali, who, who's like the head of promotions, is like. Uh, I'm not sure yet. We're still working things out. I was like, mate, I'd love to come and smash out some old school trance. Like, Kim, let me have a go. Let me play my first stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got like the whole back catalogue on the side. 
<laughs> I've basically got everything in singles from Dave Pierce's <laughs> trance anthems ready to go if oh, you need hey. me. And like, I didn't. Discounted. I think I didn't find out until like the night before. And then Ali got in contact and was just like, "Yeah, no, what we, we've worked the times out, and uh, yeah, we do need someone to go on after." So I was like, "Yes, <laughs> Madagascar." <laughs> <laughs> Fiji, all these massive tracks. I was just like, oh my god! I literally told all of my mates who were into like old school trance. Like, yeah, yes, we're doing it. What? Which? What was Cascada's big one? Uh, well, that's uh, every time. Was it every um, time we touched? Oh, yeah, and then we they, go. they got like to like, evacuate the dance floor and stuff like that. Oh man, so hard. But yeah, I, I'd like I I lost it. Like I had a lot of fun when she went on, but I was just couldn't contain my excitement when I was <laughs> I was just like dropping. <laughs> Dropping some like uh, Paul, uh, Paul Van Dyke through an angel and stuff like that. I was clearly having way more fun there than anyone Dude, else. This was like the opportunity you were made for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gone full circle. I know. Oh man, so it came out of the most random thing of playing at the Grand as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That's why I love that kind of stuff. Mm. Oh, man. I think that's why like it's gone a little bit full circle for me. Like I'm glad that Camel Fat kind of brought what's now coined as melodic techno to like mainstream media yeah. like i've loved for what i would call like progressive house yeah slash trance since i first got into music and i my another single that's in the works is very much like that yeah and i'm fucking can't wait <laughs> for that to get all sorted out because i, I love it it's like it's like my drunken anthem when i'm on my own in an uber <laughs> like can i just can I just put this song on? I made it the other day. And like, and like the Uber driver always just, just like, like, oh, fucking hell. Like, I got, got one of those guys in the back of my car. And, and they turn around, like, oh, this is not bad. It's like, oh, yeah, it's great. I can't wait. For <laughs> oh, but no, I, I look forward to that one. Yeah. Oh, mate. That's, um, yeah, dude, I, I've noticed over the last couple of years of making music, I'm, a, I'm much happier to let my like original influences back in again now. Yeah. Like all the nostalgic stuff. I'm much more, maybe it's because it is the way things come around again or whatever yeah. but yeah no I'm, I'm way happier to allow these kind of stuff that I used to cringe at when I was like who, in between who would you say would, you would think would potentially be cringy but are now like yeah this is uh, well it's not dance music but like My, My Chemical Romance oh yeah okay so like I was a huge fan when I was 13 and sure, Black, Black yeah. Parade came out uh, epic epic fucking incredible album and Helena uh, as well that's a pretty big tune dude or Helena how Helena uh, well, yeah that was oh dude those, both those albums The Ghost of You oof. Um, the but so for like five, five years in between now and then there was a time where I wouldn't have even spoken about My Chemical Romance because no. it wasn't cool and no. I was 18 and I didn't want to talk about that shit yeah uh, but now dude like I listened back to that record and it's so um, theatrical and stuff and it's definitely and I, I pick out little things uh, well, I rip it off. I rip it off and make it hip hop now. So, well, that's what it's, what's kind of happened, though. I've, like some of the stuff, I'm not going to drop stuff. names because I cannot remember <laughs> who or what they are. But I've heard a lot of that stuff going on in like yeah. American hip hop, dude. Like, like emo rap is so huge. Yeah, and I, and I uh, it's all right. Um, I think they've done they've gone the wrong way about it. I, I don't. It's the trap bit. I'm like, don't bother with that. I'd much rather hear like emo influenced boom bap or emo influence like just different hip hops from over the years like mm -hmm. emo influence like I always I always draw the comparison between emo music and um, jazz because it uses a bunch of the same chords and stuff like <laughs> all these shapes sevens <laughs> nines augmented fifths <laughs> dude exactly so why not make emo jazz rap like <laughs> well, I don't want to hear trap beats oh, oh, and I'm warming to it more and I'm about to probably release some music that's got like 808s on it and stuff sure so I'm just obviously just shooting myself in the foot um, but it, yeah, it, it definitely. I think they went the wrong way about it, and it should be more. But maybe that's my English. That's the English yeah. take on it. I want it to be more Indian. Like I don't mm. know. I don't know. Yeah. So what's his face? Basically, did a that album with Travis Barker, didn't he? What's his name? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. He yeah. did the Blink One Eight Two album. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Nothing Nowhere's done one with Travis Barker. Is just because he he was doing like um, hip hop stuff in the Bling era, like the two thousands with all your favourites he probably yeah, he also did like rock covers of hip hop didn't yeah, he yeah 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 he has a goddamn alarm uh, doesn't he have a beach. tune with we're back at the beach doesn't he have a tune with Soldier Boy doesn't he do a yeah, remix yeah he did of, a remix of Crank That yeah. there you go glad we brought that back in <laughs> let's talk more about that <laughs> so yeah so, and he's still doing this to this day and now he's working with these uh, 
whereas it was him, it sounded like him using his hip hip hop influences back in the day to mold to hip hop. Mm. Now it's all these guys are coming to him for that pop punk yeah. sound. You know what I mean? One like, eighty. He's gone full one eighty two. And uh, uh-huh. oh! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's got a sample pack out as well on uh, Splice. It's a Travis Barker sample pack. Very so that good. obviously shows that everyone's like, oh, how do I get it like that? Yeah, that yeah, piccolo yeah. snare drum sound. Yeah, literally, yeah. dude. Back in. I've always loved him as a drummer. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, he's so... I think I saw them like live three times. I've seen them live three times. Yeah. <laughs> I saw them all like, after they got back together, though. Oh, really? I didn't get into them before they um, broke up. So I was... Yeah. I was nine when they broke up that's the age difference between me and you there. yeah exactly yeah. I saw them at like peak yeah. I saw them once on the take your take off your pants wow take wow. off your pants and jack pants pants take, take off, off your, your pants. pants and jacket tour oh, yes. that sound any more English <laughs> uh, and I think I saw them twice even though I wasn't really a big fan of the album on the the Blink 182 yeah, yeah, album yeah. tour I wasn't really a fan of that album but you saw, oh mate I love that album I love it so much yeah. and I listened to it recently and I loved it just as much oh really yeah I think you should listen to it again really <laughs> I got, honestly it's, it's mature and it says I remember it always said on the front like the Times had reviewed it as like uh, Blink-182 step into a more mature jacket oh they definitely did and yeah. I, I now just every time I hear them I'm like oh so mature man yeah. so, it's good see uh, uh, Blink-182 is always Jim from American Pie running down the street trying to go and <laughs> creeping on yeah 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 oh dude to that to like to that mutt sound yeah yeah and I swear they're in that scene as well the cameo they are yeah 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 yeah. with the monkey on uh, like uh, Mark's shoulder oh mate oh those were the days hey Mm. that's so so interesting because we say you say about the age difference I think it must have just been such a cultural thing maybe in the areas we grew up but the fact that it was happening to you as like a 20 year old and me as a 12 year old at exactly the same time mm. and almost the same things were happening we were listening to the same bands and stuff mm. um it's quite interesting because mm. uh, but maybe that's what's happening now probably people are listening to i reckon 12 year olds are listening to 21 savage and that's a a bit of a dead meme but <laughs> <laughs> is 21 savage still a thing i don't know I listen to I never used to listen to Radio 1 or radio in general and Uh. I maybe without getting too like 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 tiny violin on you like (laughs) maybe it's because of lockdown and being on my own so much like having Radio 1 on um, definitely helped being not be lonely anymore because you had someone talking talking. at you yeah 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 Um, so that was that was nice I think I've listened to uh, like my Spotify playlist of like, oh, I must listen to that more. Is like very poppy. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. From having the same twenty songs every hour drilled into oh, me, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane how often my housemate doesn't listen to the radio ever, never has. Mm. And I was listening to the radio over the day, and he goes, "We just heard this song yeah. about probably an hour ago." And what happened to the DJs had swapped? Yeah. and you hear the same song twice in an hour. That's insane. It's a, but it's it's not just radio one though, is it? It's like no, every. It's, every damn right that's every just how it works and the yeah. playlist and stuff and you know uh, if my music was ever to get on a playlist you know play it every hour if you wouldn't mind no. so I crack on every half hour <laughs> <laughs> uh, 100% that's what you uh, that'd be like 600 words of vibrating on <laughs> every hour <laughs> shut up <laughs> oh hey. now I wonder I wonder how um, in today's uh, like modern landscape of music I wonder if radio is still the juggernaut that it was I'm sure it's not as much but I wonder how much it does affect the because if you're playing these same fucking they, what they do is they tell you the chart on a Friday mm. they tell you what's top 40s yeah mm. and they have decided that by playing <laughs> this is those the way. songs <laughs> this is the, by playing those songs on repeat all week yeah like if they choose to play a different song um, mm. all week it will be higher in the charts mm. no like I don't that's like a uh, that system makes no sense the, but the thing with like playlists though uh, they've changed now because of Spotify now influences so much and also TikTok now influences the charts Does not it? the other way around that's what I've heard what they're actually getting date? Oh no! What people doing TikToks is making songs sell more. Or yeah, all right. So it, and then they go, they smash it in the charts because yeah, yeah, yeah. people are looking oh, for those. Oh, a bunch of them, just like the memes. Yeah, like, that have like one line of repeatable. Yeah, it's like for my 
uh, tw uh, top 20 of 2020 uh, was some really <laughs> two really obscure things one uh, me and my flatmate we do, did do this uh, party thing on Instagram called Steve French and uh, the <laughs> the most played track of my 2020 was the loading music that we used for it <laughs> it's like this um <laughs> <laughs> like lift music lift stuff music. I think we at one time we loved it so much we played it like 60 it's like a minute and a half long <laughs> we played it like on loop for about an hour and that is definitely why but like the other one was I listened to a lot more chill out playlists because yeah. of it was just nice while I'm reading or I've got into puzzles recently <laughs> uh, yeah um, I had like just some really chill beats and background and like those tracks are like a minute and a half, two minutes long, and they really kind of were great to just kind of set the yeah, vibe. Yeah. And I don't know, they, I don't know, I can't remember how it works. If you get it's the play count or the length of play, like those guys were making a kill. Yeah, just like, it's chilled. Those chilled beats to <coughs> study to. Lo-fi. Yeah, yeah, mm. dude, that shit popped off. Um, they must. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it like one thousand or like a million producers making these things, and each guy's getting like. Like just randomly, or is it like the same few people? I don't know. Making all all this? the artwork looks exactly the same. Exactly, but is that the playlist then? Yeah, it could or is be. This just one? <laughs> or the label that's like yeah. dictates the playlist. I don't know. Yeah, but that I think it's you know that they get. Isn't it the reason why like rappers these days are creating albums? Like Drake released an album that had like twenty tracks on it, and yeah. lots of them are interludes because you get paid per, per track. track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. per, per play. Yeah, it's fucking. <clears throat> Dude. I'll make some interludes, eight, <laughs> eight bar loops. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> like yeah. When like skits on hip hop albums now are just like a little thing to. There's literally, I mean, he did the right thing with it. Chance the Rapper's um, uh, second mixtape was finally added to Spotify, and they couldn't get the samples cleared on one of the songs. Oh really? And it fucking plays through the album. It just cuts to him going, uh, hey, so we couldn't get the uh, sample cleared for this song. But uh, if you listen through to this, the, the your money will go donated to somewhere, which is a nice way of doing it. Like, whereas I could imagine people just plonking a thing there, just being like, well, I'm going to put that there anyway, just to get the money. Yeah. But uh, so I've actually got that on a playlist. Okay. Just so, because it's like 10 seconds long. And I'm like, yeah, I'll donate whatever it is. 0.0003p. Uh-huh. Um, the... Well, I was going to say, Spot. I've only had Spotify for a year now. I was using Apple Music before. Mm. It has changed the way I listen to music in such an interesting way. I've always listened to albums. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just the way I listen to music. I think that projects that are made from start to finish and supposed to be played in that order and whatever, mm. I like that more. Uh, I'd rather listen to two albums on a journey than a, like, than a 20 song playlist, whatever. Okay. Um, except this year, because of the way Spotify gives you music and the way you like songs and stuff, I could not tell you what my favorite album from 2020 is. Right. Because I think I've listened to like three. Mm. I think I've genuinely, I listened to the Strokes album, the Bring Me the Horizon album, and then Shikari album. Right. And I, I, that's it. Because I'm just listening to song after song after song. And it's been really interesting. I've found a bunch of new artists. I've right. found way more artists this year than. And it's all. And I, I tell you what, I've all, another thing I've noticed is I've found the same bunch of artists that all my friends have found. Because we listen to the same ish music, Spotify has sent through the same songs because they pick specific, obviously, the mm. algorithm, or it must, the algorithm. Uh, favors certain songs that will send them through. So I know one Arlo Park song. All my friends know that same one song, mm. and it's because Spotify has given that to us on our like thing. Oh, really? So it's really changed the way I've. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to actively try and listen to more albums this year because I felt like a fool when everyone was posting like my favorite albums of the year, and I was just like fucking. I could list all three. Yeah, um, it was so strange. Mine would definitely be very old school or older. There wouldn't be anything new. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not. Not been a new album, but and not because I haven't. Not because there isn't a good new album, it's because I haven't heard one. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. thrown in my face. I like you. It's like, I'd like to listen to albums and discover them, but just everything's been playlist based. And uh, yeah, and it has. And this year has been, a, uh, and the fact that I got Spotify this year, but the, the way music's gone this year, things have just seemed to be much more one song hits there, here and there. And I don't know. But maybe that's always been happening and I've never noticed because I've always just been stuck in album world. Yeah. I don't know. 
So uh, the way these used to work again, because there were more interviews, they're all like forty-five minutes long, mm. and a bunch that like it's only like twenty minutes of interview. The rest was me just chatting shit. Right. Um, so it's been interesting how we were just sat and I've just not noticed an hour go yeah. by. Like, <laughs> I hope that's the same for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to listen. All right. Um, what what's what's going on in the next? What's going what's, on? What's happening? Um, I don't know. Oh, Boris. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> no, he fucking doesn't. Uh, so, right. This is probably going to go out on um, Tuesday. Okay. What have you got going on at the moment that you want people to look at? Absolutely no. no. <laughs> um, so, my remix for Annabelle England and MK's Underwater just came out on today. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday. Sick. Um, that was a lot of fun to do. Uh, kind of did some old school Redfield kind of sounds with that, so that was cool. Uh, next single is out in uh, mid-Feb. Cool. Uh, and got a bit of time before that, trying to space things out a little bit, but yeah. obviously no gigs on no the horizon. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just got the old, I'm probably going to crack on with the, the Hump Day House things on Wednesdays again now. Yeah. I've Just, been enjoying them. Thanks. Yeah, they're <laughs> fun. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite nice to, it's nice to interact. It's good for me to kind of go through all those mail outs and listen to the latest stuff and see and promote some other DJs and there's some like I say you can get some killer tracks yeah 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 so yeah. I've just been I just didn't do one this week because I was like you know new year I have been getting a lot of mails about like tracks being released but I thought I'd give it a week just to kind of make sure I just come up with a killer 45 one hour rather than just like oh this is this is alright yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no fair enough um, yeah so those are Wednesdays so yeah so uh, yeah they're definitely worth a listen I very much enjoy especially when there's fuck all going on it's nice to have at least something to kind of a scheduled thing mm, just have some beats in the background while you're making a late dinner or something yeah exactly man well it's been great to see you man. thanks for having me and yeah, I wish you it's all it's my first podcast no way way <laughs> way man well I'm honoured um, and I hope that 2021 is a little bit more productive and uh, you get to do more of the things you want to do you too oh, thank thanks you very much no worries fun. Uh, always good to have a chat with uh, Redfield. He's a lovely gentleman. Make sure you check out all his stuff on Spotify, Instagram, all that stuff. Redfield DJ. Um, have a look at that. That live show that he did in the Signature Brewery, the Tap Rooms. Really cool stuff. Uh, myself, check myself out if you want to hear some of my music. Uh, I'm on Spotify as well, Wesley Strong. Get me on Instagram at WesleyStrong666. If you have any questions or anything, we'll be announcing the next guest over the next couple of days. If you have any questions for them, uh, get in touch over on Instagram. We might bring the polls back as well. I enjoyed them. But it's been a pleasure. I'm glad to be back. Let's, uh, let's keep this going. Uh, and uh, again, thank you, Redfall, for coming, coming on today. And thank you guys for listening. I'll, uh, I'll speak to you next week, eh? Thank you very much.